The hosts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. Well, thank you and welcome to this edition of Common Sense Investing. As the man said, I'm Eric Whiteman. So glad you could join me. Today, I'm going to spend some time on the fiscal stimulus package that was passed last week and point out some of the things that I think you need to know. And I'll do that in just a couple of minutes. But first, let me do a quick recap of the market. I want to talk about some of the positives since you've probably only been hearing about a lot of the negatives. The good news, and it seems to me that social distancing seems to be working. There also seems to be a lot of optimism surrounding the clinical trials and positives out of the uh, some of the drugs that are out there that are being studied that help combat the virus. Along with that, I think we're also gaining useful information from places like South Korea and Taiwan, places that never had to shut down their economies. My stance for the last couple of weeks has been, if you can stand the volatility, you're more risk adverse and you're looking further down the road, then I think you can start nibbling at things like healthcare, some of the banks, some of the tech stocks. But I would absolutely make sure that the companies you're looking at are high quality businesses and that they have really good balance sheets. Balance sheets matter. There are definitely going to be companies that don't make it out of this because they're leveraged or they have a lot of debt or what have you. And I don't want to go all in because the market could certainly go down and retest the low, which is down around 2,300 on the S&P 500. If it went back down there, I'd get a lot more excited. If we go back up to around 2,750 in the short term, I'd probably be less excited. And for those of you who own stocks and are more conservative, you could always wait. You don't need to catch the market at the lowest point to make money over the long term. Now, not to get too wonky, but from a technical uh, perspective, one thing I would look for is when the upside volume overwhelms the downside volume by a ratio of 10 to 1, preferably for a couple of days. And last week, we had one of those days, but we still need more. You'd also ideally like to see more than 90% of stocks trading above their 50-day moving average to see that the trend has changed. And at that po- and at this point, we just don't have that. So I'd still urge people to use some caution here. And I also think this is a time that you could use to rebalance your portfolio, get back to the allocation, asset allocation that you're comfortable with, and even upgrade yourself. Get rid of some of those iffy type stocks that you have and book switch over to high quality, right? Who doesn't like to get upgraded? The Fed or the Federal Reserve, our central bank, has been cutting interest rates. They've even dusted off some tools that they used during the great financial crisis back in 2009, all in an effort to keep the economy afloat and keep it rolling along. But there's only so much the Fed can do. They've already provided ample liquidity, And as I've been saying, we needed a big, I mean, a really big fiscal package. Well, folks, that's what we got last week. Its acronym is CARES, and that's 
the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act. And after some back and forth, it finally passed Congress and was signed by the president. This is a $2 trillion emergency stimulus package, and it includes a wide range of provisions from loans to outright payments and tax credits, and it's all aimed at helping individuals and businesses meet their short-term cash flow needs. And I, will, I want to mention, even before Congress passed CARES, Uncle Sam, the IRS, pushed the tax filing deadline from April 15th to July 15th. So you need to be aware of that. And that gives folks who need a little breathing room, well, you got some breathing room. Common sense would tell you that if you owe money, you should probably wait to file. You get to hold on to your money a little bit longer. And if you do a refund, well, you should probably file and get your money. And that's pretty straightforward, right? But here's the catch. Most, but not all states, extended their deadlines to match the feds. And we have a pretty large listenership and you folks are all spread out around the country. So you're going to want to check and see what your state uh, taxes uh, are required to be filed by. For, for example, as I speak in Virginia, individual income tax filings are due May 1st. In New Jersey, it's still April 15th. So please check. I'm not an accountant. I don't even play one on TV. Check with your accountant or your advisor. See when your filing is due. Don't assume just because the feds changed that your state did too. Okay. Here's the big one with CARES. Money in your pocket. A direct payment to taxpayers. Who's eligible? Basically, if you have a social security number and aren't claimed as a dependent, well, you're eligible. If you're an individual who had up to 75000 in adjusted gross income uh, in 2019, you'll get a one-time payment of $1,200. Married couples with adjusted income of 150000 or less filing together, well, you'll get double that, $2,400. And if you have a child, well, there's 500 per child. Now, if you made more than 75000 as an individual or 150 as a couple, those benefits are going to get reduced. And they're going to get reduced by $50 for every $1,000 over that limit. Basically, if you earned over 99000 as an individual or 198000 as a married couple, then you won't get anything. Let me get a little further into the details here. I said the tax payment or the payment is going to be based off of your 2019 income. If you haven't filed your taxes yet, they'll just use your 2018 returns. And everyone wants to know, well, when's the money coming? Treasury Secretary Mnuchin said last week, the checks will be sent out within three weeks, as long as the IRS has your information. You don't need to sign up or fill out a form to receive payment if you've been working and paying taxes since 2018. And if you've been using a form of direct deposit with the IRS when you've been filing your taxes, that's what they're going to use to pay you. So they won't send you a check. Again, if you have direct deposit set up with the IRS, that's what they'll use to send you out your payment if you're eligible. And they're going to be running a public awareness program. And you can go to the IRS website to keep up with the latest. The website is irs.gov 
forward slash coronavirus. From a, a retirement planning perspective, one of the notable provisioning cares was the su- suspension of RMDs, the required minimum distributions. And this applies to inherited IRAs too. Starting this year, individuals who turn 72 um, or turn 72 are required to take mandatory distributions from their qualified retirement plans. Plans like your 401ks and your IRAs used to be uh, 70 and a half, but now it's 70, 72. So this bill suspended RMD payments for 2020. And this will keep retirees from drawing down on their savings if, if they don't need to at a time when the market is in flux. You already started taking your RMDs for this year, well, you can put it back. They also did away with a 10% early withdrawal penalty on distributions from retirement accounts as long as you've been impacted by the virus. So let's say something happens, uh, you're out of work or or what what have you, uh, and you need money, right? So you're going to have to dip into your retirement accounts, and I hope that's not happening. Um, if you qualified, and this list is pretty broad, you'll want to, again, check to see if you qualified. But if you do qualify, they'll waive that 10% early withdrawal penalty. Um, also, when you took take money out from your IRAs or your 401ks, if you're younger than 59 and a half, you have the 10 percent early withdrawal penalty. Okay. They waived that, but you'd also have to claim that money is earned income. Now with the act signed, as I said, 10% penalty is waived and you have the option of spreading that income taxation out over three years. And you'll also be able to recontribute back into those same accounts to make it up in the future. We also saw an increase of up to $600 a week in unemployment benefits for up to four months, as well as as expansion of those benefits for those people who usually wouldn't qualify, people like self-employed individuals or independent contractors. For those of you who have student loans, federal student loans, I should say, those payments are deferred through September 30th. And let's flip this over see what's in the package for small business owners. Certain small businesses with up to 500 employees may be able to take out loans of up to $10 million, depending on payroll costs and other factors, but these loans will be eligible for forgiveness if they're used to cover payroll and other expenses like rent and utilities. Another benefit for businesses is that you may be able to delay the employer portion of your social security payroll tax until January 1st, 2021. Now, this is a huge bill. It's almost 900 pages long. So I did my best in trying to summarize some of the major pieces here in the time that I have. But with any 900 page document from the government, it's going to be complicated. So again, I'll stress, check with your advisor, your CPA, see how it affects you. Don't just take my word for it. If we can help you, please give us a call. The number is 571-261-7670, or you can email me at podcast, which is plural, podcast at xmlfg.com. Folks, that's all the time we have for this week. We'll be back next week. And until then, remember, 
It's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow. This is Eric Whiteman for Common Sense Investing. Listen to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.